0: Five, four, three, two, one.
1: I don't even know what's happening.
2: Put in sport mode, and you're gonna fly.
0: And just exactly how awesome was it?
1: The mighty, mighty Nissan GTR. Got the Mustang, the Camaro, the Challenger, the Corvette, the Viper. America.
0: Damn, I forgot the bananas.
1: I love this. And we'll do it live! Lock, lock, and we'll do it live! So, anyways, boys, girls, ladies, gentlemen, welcome. Welcome to our Topspeed.com podcast. Topspeed.com is the internet home for all the crazy, cool, and amazing things that are automotive-based in on the internet. If it has a motor and wheels, we like to talk about it. So, I'm uh, going to say hello really quick to our anybody who's watching live on our little chat window. We, we hope you guys show up, and we like you. Yes, um, nice, so I hope we're on long enough for Hulty to join us in case Hulty didn't get the we're starting early message because uh, he always joins us and we like him. But anyways, let's get this thing moving a little bit. As always, uh, I am Christian Moe. I'm hanging out with you guys today. And we are joined by our editor-in-chief, Justin Kuppler. Hi, Justin.
0: Hello, everybody. I hope all is well with all of you guys.
2: All right. And joining
1: us is also Mr. Mark McNabb, our
2: bearded wonder. <laughs> That's right. The bearded wonder. Yes, I'm, I'm doing fine. How about yourself, I don't think anyone's ever asked you how you are doing, sir. Are you okay?
0: No, I'm not. But That's not a question you want to ask because it's gonna take an hour to get through the whole thing. So so anyway, stop back on
1: cars. I'm I'm not okay yet, but.
0: Okay, I've been energy
1: drink. I'm great. So let's get this show moving.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Promo plug.
1: Woo! Hey, whoa. Um okay, so this is cranberry. That caught me a little off guard.
0: <laughs> Cranberry is yeah. really good with vodka.
1: Well, so this is – you know what? I wonder if that's why they made this because this is like Red Bull has weird flavors now and normally when I'm on the show I'm not drinking a Red Bull because they're more expensive than what I want to pay for it. The energy drinks I buy normally are cheaper. Um, but but someone gave me this, so I'm like, okay, I'll drink it, but it's cranberry-flavored. But, yeah, that makes sense. People drink Red Bull, vo- uh, Red, Red Bull vodka, so having cranberry-flavored Red Bull makes a lot okay. of sense. There you go. We have decoded the Red Bull Master Plan. (laughs) All right. Again, this is the topspeed.com podcast. If you are watching us live, we thank you. If you cannot make it to watch us live and you like the audio stream only, you can subscribe to us on the iTunes. There are links and all the little (laughs) doos everywhere. Um, If you want to, you subscribe and you like us. Go ahead and leave us a little rating. We appreciate that, and we read all the reviews that are on there as well. Um, I have one quick announcement to make, and that is about video game awesomeness. So video games are cool, especially car video games. We all like them. As you guys saw last week, I've got a new video card to do some testing for Grid Autosport. The people for The Next Car Game, which if you haven't heard of that, Check it out. It's really cool. It's a smashing, crashing, explosion sort of stuff in a racing game. It's all new, coming soon, all modern consoles, next generation sort of thing. And it, they've also got some 4K stuff coming out. So I'm going to be testing some of that as well. So if you guys are interested, keep your eyes on the site. But let's go ahead and jump into the actual show, the meat of things. We have our weekly wheels. Um, I'm going to start things out because I have two cars. So I'm going to start and, and end it. The first one.
2: You're, right. you're just lucky. Just stop bragging.
1: Well, I just didn't want to talk about two cars because then it'll just be me talking for like 100 hours. And I wanted to give you guys a chance to express your opinions. Uh, so, anyways, we're going to start with the Avalon Hybrid, which um, I actually kind of liked, which was weird. Well, like a hybrid four door? Yeah, well, okay, so to me, it was a lot like what the Lexus should have been. Yeah, I would agree with that. So the Avalon, I was in the limited model, so I mean I was like the top of the range deck spec has all the gizmos gadgets, who bobs, whatnots. Like there's dead cow everywhere. It's all super soft. The interior of the new Avalon looks so good. It's like really sculptured and there's like lots of three D elements and like things are stacked and stick out from each other and it's just very, very nice to look at and see. So I was like, heck yeah, we'll rock some some of that. And uh then, you know, like it was obviously really quiet, like a Lexus and Toyota high-end products are. Yeah. Um, again, I had leather everywhere. I had heated and cooled seats. The cooled seats actually worked this time, really? unlike they did in my Lexus. <laughs> and uh, I got good fuel economy out of it, too.
2: Yeah? What was your numbers?
1: Uh, I got 38 and a half. Sticker says I should get 39.
2: That's not too bad.
1: Well, especially considering I spent a lot of time with the rev limiter maxed. So, along with the sport button, this this CVT has like a sport shifty thing, and you put it over into the little sport shift mode, and um, it'll automatically shift one and two. But once you hit third gear, it'll rev to fifty-seven hundred RPMs and it'll just stick there, just go wang. So you can haul everywhere.
2: I mean, you are moving quickly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. See, when I drove that car, I didn't really like that CVT at all. It, it pretty much, I mean, it, it wasn't the worst CVT I've ever had. Uh, that we go to the Prius, but uh, I mean, it just it kind of killed the fun. So I left it in drive the whole time. I never really played with the uh, the stick. Oh, no! Did, see,
1: having it in drive was awful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just might be the the hybrid side of it because I really enjoyed my time in the in the Avalon. It it, it was a great car, and like you say. Lexus everywhere. I mean this car was it was very nice. All the amenities were spectacular. And I imagine none of that really changed with having a hybrid powertrain. So
1: no, like it was it was really nice. So this is also my favorite hybrid of of the bunch that I've driven. So the Prius has a one point eight liter with the batteries and motor and the Lexus had the three point five with the batteries and motor. And the three point five didn't feel fast and it swallowed fuel. Fuel economy was terrible. Yeah. The one point eight wasn't fast, but it was very fuel efficient. This one has a 2.54, and the total horsepower for the system is 200 horsepower. So, like, it fits right in the middle. Mm. Like, the car is kind of heavy. It's, like, 3,600 pounds, but it's not super heavy. And so that 200 horsepower was enough to get me moving and feel like I was moving at a quick pace whenever I wanted it to. Plus, I had the fuel economy. So, like, it was that nice mix. Like, it was it was what I wanted the RX to be but wasn't. Plus, interior yeah. space, dear God, that hybrid is – or that Avalon is huge!
2: Yeah, it's big, and that trunk is massive too.
1: Yeah, like except for the trunk height issue on the back of the RX, it would not surprise me a tiny bit if someone from Toyota called me and were like, "Yeah, the Avalon's bigger than the RX." <sighs> like in like people space, that car is totally bigger than the RX in, in people volume. It's just a cargo yeah, volume. Legroom, things legroom, legroom is
2: spectacular in that car. The yeah, rear so seat
1: legroom is great. If I slide the uh, driver's seat all the way forward and I sit in the back seat, I can almost stick my legs completely out before I touch the back seat.
2: That's impressive. There's so much room back there.
1: But yeah, so I, I drove it. Um, I thought, hey, power doesn't suck, and fuel economy doesn't suck, and the leather's really nice. The audio system kind of sucks. But like, otherwise, I'm like, this is a great luxury car, and people who want to buy luxury cars will buy this thing. If you are looking at a Lexus, like, it, like an, an ES... Just go buy the Avalon.
2: Yes, please.
1: <laughs> Actually, to be fair, though, my Avalon was really expensive. I didn't, I didn't have a window sticker on it, but the uh, limited trim starts at like forty-eight grand,
2: so it is a little more expensive than an ES. Yeah, I remember my Avalon costing a pretty penny. Um, it wasn't—I really don't remember how much it was, but yeah, I mean, it was—it was rather expensive for, um, for that car. Let's see, do 40, you have a sticker? Forty-two thousand.
1: Okay, and you didn't have the hybrid. Was Was yours, no. uh, was mine was yours the limited the, trim also?
2: Mine is the four-door limited, yep, and it had the technology package, the QI wireless charging tray, and the uh, carpeted floor mat trunk mat.
1: Is that Qi wireless charger thing not the coolest thing in the world? Uh, it would
2: be if it worked with every phone and you didn't have to have a um, case for it. Well, yeah, case. But... Yeah, so I, 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 like, I have an Apple product, so I didn't get to use it, no, but I, I, I dig it. Like, I like the idea. I've, I've oh, had the idea of really cool charging before. If I own the car, heck yeah, I would go buy the case, like, tomorrow. But I wasn't going to buy the case for a week, you know. Okay, so
1: um, the limited Avalon hybrid, it appears. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all of the Googling for you guys right now. Uh, You're so great. I'm trying. trying. So yeah, the hybrid limited starts at forty one. So I had all the options. So I think mine would have been about forty five. So actually, that's a really solid price.
2: Yeah, I mean, for just you know three thousand dollars more than what mine cost. Yeah, Yeah, did yours have the technology package as well?
1: Yeah, I had the everything packages. Yeah.
2: So yeah, I mean, it's a great car. I think for the you know the uh, kind of the older, about to retire slash retired crowd, not looking to spend a whole lot of Lexus money but they still want that, you know, kind of Lincoln Town car feel, I think the Avalon's a good deal.
1: You know what my favorite part of it is? The uh, radar-guided cruise control. You can shut the radar-guided part off. Yes. There are a lot of cars you can't do that. But so on the steering wheel, there's a little knob. You push the button to turn it on. You click it down to set your cruise, and you push it up to resume your cruise or whatever, and you pull it towards you to cancel. When you first hit to turn the cruise on, you can push the stick away from you and up on the dashboard it says radar ready, it'll blink for a second, and then it'll just say cruise control. So you don't have to deal with the fact that the Avalon can see a car nine miles ahead of me and it's going to start slowing me down because there's a car nine miles ahead of me. But you know you can adjust that distance there too. Right, You can. well you can adjust the following distance, but what it does is if you're coming up on a car that's going slower, when it can first see the car, it sees that it's going slower and it begins to slow you down. And then once you reach that distance, it'll hold you at that exact speed at that distance.
0: Yeah. That's because technically that's the way you're supposed to drive. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, you're, not supposed to,
2: you're not supposed to pass on the shoulder, Christian.
1: Well, no, but but okay, so if I'm so if somebody is is slow in the in the left lane, I'm coming up behind them, if they see me, they'll move over, right? The problem is way before I'm close enough for them to even worry about moving over, the Lexus or the uh, Avalon will, like, slam on the brakes and start to slow me down, and then I'd get closer to the guy, and the guy would move over, and then because there's nobody in front of me now, it would rev the snot out of the engine and launch me like a rocket to get back up to whatever speed I was at.
0: That's weird because I've never had a radar cruise control that acted like that. I had them where they slow down as you approach but it's you know, two or three, four car lengths that start slowing yeah. down. And I was going to the... say, like, no. I had that same system on mine. I, I didn't really, yeah. you know... Now, one issue I have had is if someone turns in front of you, say someone in front of you is going and then they turn, um, they tend to slam on the brakes and they don't sense a car in front of you is gone and it kind of throws the whole system to an error, then it almost comes to a complete stop. But I've never had it where on the uh, on the highway it's, it stopped that soon and then accelerated that quickly. They're usually nice right. and Right. Well,
1: so so part of the problem is the highway that I, I live on. It's a 55-mile-an-hour highway. And you do 105. Uh, no. um, A lot of people, because everyone in Tennessee is really lazy and nobody wants to walk – um, they will literally like pull out of their driveway, make it like three blocks down, and then pull back into somebody else's driveway to go visit their neighbors. And that's where stuff happens all the time on this road, and people drive about 30, 35. So I'm driving and someone pulls out ahead of me going 35 and I'm going 55, and so the system's like, there's a huge discrepancy there, and it does, so it slams on the brakes and brings me down to 35 miles an hour, and they immediately pull off, and then the system's like, oh, there's no more car there anymore, and I'm going 30 and it wants me to go 55, so it hammers the gas to get me back up to 55. And I also ran into some issues on the interstate where a lot of the interstates in Tennessee are really twisty. So, yeah, like, the road ahead of me will turn and I'm still on the straight bit, and so it looks like a car pulls in front of me and the system will freak out and just hammer the brakes because I'm going 75 miles an hour and suddenly there's a car in front of me.
0: That's really weird because I've cuz most of them use the lane recognition recognition system to to tell if the cars in the same lane as you and it can tell I know turning. I thought that's that so, like but... a weird flaw in that system that's that's quirky yeah i don't know like, I, I i didn't know. really have those issues with mine i've always yeah. worried about that going around a turn but i've never experienced it <clears it <clears only happened <throat> twice and like i said to be fair some of some of
1: the interstates around here are twistier than most people's like lake roads in most parts of the country i mean there
2: there are some seriously sharp turns but yeah i was like hoot-a-loo-a-loo, wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> my I know I know where you live, Christian. My favorite uh twisty turn in the interstate is that exit getting off of uh the forty seventy five split going to Linaro City. It's my favorite. <laughs> Hitting at about eighty is is great. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, so I
1: was coming up through towards Cookville, I was coming down through the Crossville area. And so you're coming down off the mountains and it twists a lot. And yeah, oh, yeah. this car was far enough ahead of me and the system was like, What the heck is going on? You're gonna crash and die.
2: So Is yeah. that the voice? control system.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. It popped in and said, you're going to crash and die! <laughs> All right. Anyway, anyways, we are probably to about Justin's yeah. car. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna move oh. on. I was I was driving something luxurious and slow. Oh, hey, I've got questions on the thingy. Um, my Jeep will do that cruise control thing, too, says Spins, <laughs> so I keep the distance setting as close as I can. You have four choices, and I refuse to use the other four settings. The other three, I can't count. Um... <laughs> Or the other, or the other three, he can't count. Um, again, even when I had the setting on the closest one fins, like it would still see a car way out ahead of me, and depending on the speed difference between us, it would start to slow me down dramatically way before I reached that distance. So it was I'm gonna have fun. to try that this week. Yeah, but anyways, we're gonna talk about Justin's car, which is way more luxurious than mine. So Justin, yeah,
0: and a whole hell of a lot more fast. Um, I had some time behind the wheel of a 2015 Kia K900. Ooh. Um, yeah, Ooh, is right. Um, you know, when, when Hyundai brought the Equus, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Hyundai's going to roll this luxury brand and kind of keep it to itself and not share it. Well, so as it happens, they decide to share it with uh, Kia. And out comes the K900, and this is my first time behind the wheel of either the Equus or the K900. Um, and I was kind of excited to get the car, but I was also a tad bit scared because I had so many high hopes for it. I was so excited to get it. I was kind of scared that it was going to completely fall on its face and be terrible. Um, and it was the anti-terrible. Um, $66,000 was the out door price that includes a $6,000 upgrade to the VIP package. The VIP package gets you the advanced smart cruise control that Christian hates oh so much, advanced vehicle stability management, power door latches, which is one of the most badass things I've ever seen. So... you. You close the door, okay, and say you don't get the door closed all the way. It actually pulls the door tight for you and shuts it. Kind of like the old school Cadillac, where you could pull the trunk lid down and just uh-huh, latch yeah. it and it'll close it for you. So no slamming the doors. Just push it, and it closes nice and softly for you. Uh, also had a 12.3 inch cluster, surround view monitor. I mean, everything was on this car. Whatever you could think of was on. And I'm surprised it didn't launch off and go to outer space somewhere. Um, but the big thing about this car is the 5.0 liter tau engine. Um, yeah. That is, I'm sorry to say, I've, I've driven a bunch of cars, but I've never gotten into the big V8s yet. Um, I haven't had that, that luck yet to get a big V8, and this is the first one I've had a chance to experience in a big luxury car, and it hauled ass. Uh, 60 miles an hour in about five and a half seconds, give or take. It's not overwhelmingly fast by no stretch of the imagination but in a car that weighs, I think this is somewhere around 5,000, maybe even over 5,000 pounds. Um, Or no, I mean 4,000 over 4,000 pounds. About to say Um, 5,000 pounds, holy crap. (laughs) Sorry. built it from your head. Yeah, I can't (laughs) count it. I meant 4,000 pounds. (laughs) This thing gets up and moves. uh, It's got
1: uh, a whole church in the back.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's armor-plated too. (laughs) Well,
2: it is a canine unit. Yeah, really. Uh, 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 But... uh, 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 I couldn't. Oh <laughs> uh, God, Mark! Why do I
1: invite you on this thing?
0: <laughs> okay. you hey, like my lame jokes? <laughs> well, no, we like to laugh at them. We laugh at them, not with them.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just it's laughing going. at you. But But, uh, unless
0: it's, uh, but uh, 420 horsepower, 300. I think it's 367 pound-feet of torque. Um, one thing I didn't really like is the transmission. Uh, even in sport mode, it's kind of kind of slushy. Um, when you really gas it and go to go to accelerate quickly from a rolling start, so you go going 30 miles an hour and you gun it, the engine winds out well before the transmission really ever engages. Mm-hmm. So you get this really, weird, then the transmission downshifts and slams you back.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, see, that's it, Kia letting you experience the exhaust note of the Tau V8.
0: exactly. It's almost what it seems like. It seems like, like, okay, let's make this delay a little bit so it feels a whole hell of a lot faster than it really is. But they don't need to do that. Um now, this is kind of touted as an alternative to the 5 Series, 6 Series, or maybe the Mercedes E-Class, or that range. Um, but the issue is it's not the driver of those cars. Uh, you get in a BMW 5 Series or 6 Series, it's a point-and-go kind of car. They, they ride and handle as well as they drive. Yeah. Uh, same with the Mercedes. This is pure luxury. It's really nice and smooth, but if you take it in the corners, things get a little bit scary. A uh, whole lot of body roll, not much feeling out of the steering wheel. Um, just not a fun car to really hammer around turns. So, that's kind of your trade-off with this. You know, you're getting a hundred thousand dollars worth of features for sixty-six grand. So, but are that, they hundred
1: thousand dollar good? That's, yes.
0: No. So I, again. Okay, I, listen. All the long-term tests of the Honda Equus are out of this world. Nobody has ever said anything bad on a long-term test on Equus. Or two. This thing has cowhide. Everywhere you could possibly want it. The only place it's not is the same place BMW and Mercedes don't put it, down on the lower end where your feet are. Uh, everything else is covered in cowhide. Uh, the rear seats recline, shading in the back seat. I uh, have shades on the back, shades on the side. Uh, a 17-speaker sound system that sounds like a concert. A 12-inch display that's perfect navigation. That's perfect. I can't find... And real wood, not fake wood, real wood trimming. Um, I can't find... Any flaw. I tore this thing apart, up, down, left, right, found very, very, very few things wrong with it. Only real big thing I can take issue with is the back seat AC controls, which are hidden in the center console, actually control the front AC as well. Oh shit! That is an issue. <laughs> That's but, a terrible idea. But hang on, I have to, I have to add to that. There may be a way to turn it off, but the whoever had this car before me decided to steal the owner's manual, so I wasn't able to look up how to actually uh, turn it off. I'm oh, sure yes. there's a way too, yeah. uh, But I couldn't steal, quite figure it out.
1: Steal or forgot to put back?
0: I jokingly steal, yeah. They for, probably forgot to put it back. Yeah.
1: yeah. Because right. I've done right. that yeah.
0: twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would never accuse someone of stealing. That's just a term <laughs> I, I don't mean. It it's literally like,
1: like I pull it out and I set it on my desk because I want to figure something out. And then they come to get the car and I go back into the house. I'm like, oh, 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 oh crap. I Oddly usually get en- it back to them the next week.
0: So. Oddly enough, the, uh, the included uh, – um, uh, umbrella, they include an umbrella in the trunk and the slice little latch is long gone.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I'd say that probably didn't last. Time. The problem with things that come out like that though is like you want to use them. But just like any normal like an like an umbrella, well I use it and I set it down over here, or I set it down over there, and you kind of forget about it because it's just an umbrella, and then the car yeah. leaves and you're like, Oh well crap, I found this umbrella four weeks later.
0: Yeah. So I've I've actually found like $500 pair of sunglasses in a car before. So yeah, us journalists tend to uh, leave stuff in cars and take stuff yeah. out and forget them. And yeah, but so overall, mad. overall, I'm the... so mad if my sunglasses because <laughs> I, I found them in a car and I looked them up online like, ooh, these are kind of pricey. I better give these back. So I sent them off to the, the fleet company and they guess gave them back. I don't know. But uh, well, thank you for being
1: that. nice about it because there are oh, a lot sure. of people who would have been like
0: $500 sunglasses. <laughs> but um overall though the K900 is a really cool car. It's a nice unique car from Kia. Um the issue is, is that Kia is not selling them. I spoke to I have a couple friends in Kia dealerships uh, and they're really not selling them. They sold uh the Kia dealer I know he sold one since it's come out. And they literally literally had to cut their own throats to sell. They gave it away pretty much. They didn't made almost no profit. It's basically just a basically free advertisement. They could say, "Hey, look, we're Kia. We can make luxurious stuff, so buy our lower-end cars with all the features.
1: Right. Well, but again, it's, it's it's the same problem Hyundai had with the Equus. Nobody wants to pay $60,000 for a Kia. It's just like the VW Phaeton, which failed horrendously because nobody wanted to pay $80,000 for a freaking Volkswagen. But it was yeah. a great car. Yeah, it was a great car. If anyone likes the Bentley, Con- the, the Bentley that's out now, the, the Continental, it is 90% VW Phaeton. That's where all the engineering for that car came. But it's got a Bentley badge on it, so people will happily pay $200,000 for it. Whereas before, with an $80,000 price tag, they didn't want it because it said VW. (laughs) People pay for badges.
0: Yeah, but what what they're really catering to are the people that aren't brand-centric, people that aren't reliant on a badge on the front. But the majority of people, I'll give you this, the majority of people that buy luxury cars like that are badge followers. They'll follow BMW until it crashes and burns. Um, they'll keep on following, but they're catering to the younger crowd that's still getting into the luxury realm and not uh, not stuck on a certain brand. And they walk into a Mercedes dealership and see eighty some thousand dollars for loaded out E Class, and then they say, "Well, I can get the Kia with the same features. Maybe I'll look at that." They can't afford eleven hundred dollars a month, but they can afford seven hundred. Um, yeah,
2: well, I think you know, and and I've spent a lot of time with Hyundai too, and they've kind of done their homework on this. They're they're doing the BMW thing. They've got the lower-end cars that get you hooked as you know the lower-class lower, lower class worker. Then they've got the Sonata. Then they've got the uh, Genesis, and it works you up. And then you buy the, the Elantra when you retire. I mean, like, of course, you know. <laughs> but it, it, it's the progression of, of cars, and, and I think that's exactly what uh, Kia's wanting to do as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're just trying to get brand loyalty, and then eventually people may start buying these premium cars. At worst, like I said, it's giving people the vision that Kia can do luxury, so people aren't afraid to buy a loaded-out Sonata and spend probably $40,000. bucks.
2: i will say this too. Lexus had that same problem when they first came out. Who exactly. wanted to pay more for a Toyota? Right. I mean, it's...
1: I, I guess the thing that I,
2: I have is when
1: Lexus first came out, yeah, nobody wanted to buy them because it's this weird Japanese brand, but whatever. But they did start lower. They didn't jump out. So, like, they came out and they're like, we're going to make a nice luxury car more like a C-class competitor, not, we're going to go straight for the E's and the S's. sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000, let us jump in there and show them what we can do. <laughs> they, they, they sort of kind of came in on the middle ground like, let's look at, like, $40,000 cars. Good job, guys. Be luxurious. You know? Uh, True.
0: Yeah, but in this, in this modern game of who can outdo who, um, there's no more room for playing around. no more room for saying, well, let's try easing into this. It's jump in, feet first, see what happens. Uh, nowadays, people enough. aren't waiting. People aren't going to say, well, we'll let Kia build. And Kia's had its time to build. Uh, they've, they've made their cars more luxurious over the years. They really have. Sure, you're not going to sit there and compare a Sonata to a 3 Series, but if someone walks into a three into a BMW dealership and can't afford a three series with the base features, they could probably afford to load it out Sonata and say, well this has the same features. Eh. I, think that's, I think that's what they're grabbing at. That's really what they're grabbing for the people that walk into dealers and can't quite swing that payment but want the features.
1: I think this is why me and you always disagree on cars because you're always looking at that option sheet and I could not give a single shit less. Yeah, well, um... like cars, I I actively seek out cars without navigation, without heated seats, without sunroofs, because sunroofs leak, and all navigation systems in all cars are utterly terrible. And if they're not utterly terrible right now, wait three months when they're five years outdated and they're utterly terrible then. And I hate heated seats because it adds weight. They cook me, and I don't want them to. You know half the time they don't work right or they're, they're either way too cold or way too hot, the switches break, it's just a bunch of crap I don't want. And I hate car companies because a lot of them are doing this now because they've learned that that actually will sell cars. You get a cheap, cheap, cheap car with, look, you've got navigation and power windows and 40 zone air conditioning and all of these fancy little bits and bobbles, and you can do Pandora and you can do all that stuff and your car is only $19,000. All those systems suck. Everything in your car is built out of the cheapest plastic in the entirety of the universe, but you can say you've got navigation and Bluetooth and Pandora and everything else and people buy it and it makes me
0: so angry. Well, you may think they suck, but um, before you They pass, do suck. before you pass judgment on what Hyundai and Kia have done, I suggest going out and driving one. Well, yeah. I'm not um,
1: I'm I'm not hey, going to pass hey, judgment you... on the K900 because I've not driven it. I'm I'm not going to pass judgment there, but like you're right, there are a lot of people who are like, man, I can't believe this BMW has absolutely nothing in it and it's so much money, and then when I go look at this other cheap car, it has all these fancy things I want. Like, you can get, I think it's a Chevy Sonic now with Wi-Fi in it, and it's like $19,000 for this for this car with Wi-Fi and navigation and like all this crap in it. But, like, no, the Sonic, the base Sonic is a good car, but a lot
0: of the stuff that they're putting into it isn't that good. Well, I mean, honestly... Every single manufacturer from Bentley all the way down to, to, to uh, Tata Motors go with the cheapest bidder. Whoever gives them the cheapest number for the most amount of stuff, they're going to sign that deal with them. I don't care what manufacturer it is. They're going to sign that cheapest deal. So Kia got the cheapest deal in its letter. BMW got the cheapest deal in this letter, and I will bet that cow was sourced from the same farm processed by the same company, just sold from different distributors. One distributor happens to be based out of Italy, and the other one happens to be based out of South Korea. <laughs> Maybe, but 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 that's that's a different thing. Like
1: that's not just like Beyond things like, okay, I have leather interior. Like, a lot of the equipment that they're cramming in these cars. Because, yeah, when you're trying to sell a car for $19,000, you're going to put even cheaper stuff inside of it. You're going to find even cheaper speakers and even cheaper screens and even cheaper Bluetooth modules and all that stuff to get your car below that certain
0: price. Well, one thing you have to look at is the margin. Look at the margin between a profit on a BMW and look at the profit on a Kia. Yes, there's a margin. The margin it's exponential. It's going to be a massive difference. BMW yeah. is taking the same crap that everyone else has put in their car and pr- charging two times as much for it. Except it's, they're not
1: though, because the iDrive system is better than almost any other system out there. You connect. It's it's not great because no system inside of a car is great. You connect. But okay, well, but Thanks okay. You. you I connect, like you connect. You, you connect does does a, a good job. Like. So if I'm just looking at a base 3 three Series, when I'm looking at a car, again, I couldn't give a crap about what kind of equipment is in this car. When I sit inside a 3 Series, and you shut the door, and it sounds like it's made of stone, and nothing squeaks, nothing rattles, you can press on everything, nothing gives, it's all built like a tank, and it feels
0: good, that's what I want to buy. That I is want
1: to ex- buy bits and bobbles and flashing lights.
0: You close the the door of a Kia K nine hundred K nine hundred thud. It but is I'm not talking solid. about a K nine hundred. I'm just, just, talking I'm about just it in general. I, but I'm just telling you. I'm telling you, we're we're focusing on the K nine hundred here, because you're t- saying I'm too busy looking at option sheets. I'm not looking at option sheets. I look at total quality. I mean, I talked well, about I talked said... about the Honda Fit. I talked about the Honda Fit last week. It has all these cool options, but ultimately they don't fit the car. I'm not right. looking purely at option sheets. I know, you know, which direction to go here.
1: But this this whole conversation started because you're like I can't afford a 3 series. I'm going to get a Sonata. That was and a thing you
2: said. For someone yeah, to so walk we, into it, beat this horse till it's dead.
0: Yeah. Look at the new Sonata though. Look at the new Sonata that Mark drove. Look at think... that loaded to the gills. Go drive one. Then go drive a base level three series. Yes, I'm not saying you can expect the same kind of driver. I already said that. You're not going to get the same kind of driving car. But I'm talking someone who's, who's feature-based, someone who wants the features, wants the options, wants reliability. Because no BMW – I'm sorry you can argue this. You're blue in the face. No BMW is more reliable than any other vehicle on the planet. No, I'm
2: not going to argue that at all. I've seen BMW where they charge BMW. you three
1: times as much. Oh, hold on. Wait, 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 I, wait. I think time, out. time out, time out. I got one quick thing I need to throw in here from our chatty comments. Finn's th- my Jeep, because we were, we were talking about the Jeep that he has with the cruise control, has a bunch of fancy stuff in it that costs quite a bit of money. But at least one of those fancy things doesn't work at any given time. It's random.
0: <laughs> That's Jeep. So, I, I want to know what Jeep it is. has. Uh, what? Probably, what do you do? like? A
2: Grand probably Cherokee. Probably a Grand Cherokee. That's how it Well, tell, give us the specs on that. and Let us know what you think. So, anyway, um, <laughs> God, I've lost my thought. You know what? Anyway, we just need to, move, our, majority, hey, need to move on. on. <laughs> one last, final thought. The majority of people who want to buy a car aren't really caring about how it drives like the ultimate driving machine. They want heated butt seats. Not even just drive, quality. Like, the way the damn thing is built. Have you been in a Hyundai lately? Yes, I've been in lots of Hyundais lately. All right, case closed. Anyway, this, uh, pass Okay, me. you know what? Go drive a fucking, <laughs> go
1: drive a easy, Passat. Easy, easy.
2: Go, you, you
1: think the Sonata is so awesome, go drive a freaking Passat and then shut your mouth.
2: Hey, I, you know, I, I give it, I'm sure the Passat is great. I'm sure it is awesome. But I'm not even anyway, Hyundai. Hyundai.
1: Mark, talk to me about a family hauler. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: and, and about, about quality.
0: I'm, I'm we got a lot
2: <laughs> <quality, laughs> kind of energy Quality. Quality luxury. Yukon Denali. That's what I was in a couple weeks ago. Seventy-one thousand dollars big. Ooh. I was rolling like a gangster in twenty-two inch rims.
1: Does yeah. are they are they are they chrome rims?
2: Uh, yeah, they were like chrome with like paint inserts. It was are really they cool. actual chrome. Uh. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're plastic. But yeah, it looks I good. Had,
1: well, yeah, because I, I had an Acadia Denali, and the guy who had it before me curbed one of one of the rims, and yeah, it was like a plastic chrome sheet over this nasty aluminum rim. Yeah, Ew. I mean,
2: it, the the gray metal parts were actual like alloy, but if you tapped on the chrome-looking pieces that were inserted, it was plastic. But okay. Who does that? At least it's not like the Ford Explorer that had chrome rims that were all hubcaps. Yeah, So anyway, <laughs> oh God. So anyway, yeah, 6.2 liter V8. It's basically the Corvette LT1 uh, engine that it has. Uh, 420 horsepower, 460 power-feet of torque, 6-speed automatic transmission, uh, rear-wheel drive, but it did have the G80 locking differential. Uh, it had everything, everything. Power running boards, power sunroof, navigation, you saw the video. It was pretty sweet. I, I have no complaints about the truck. Uh, I towed with it. Um, yeah, I would if I had seventy grand to blow on a car. Why not?
0: Now now here's the question: Is it worth the extra? What is it? Five thousand bucks of entrance fee to get into the Escalade? Are the features that much better in the Escalade? Or, okay. Or are you paying here's, for? Here's
2: here's my theory. Okay, I want a nice seven passenger SUV that's got everything but I don't want to look like a rap star or a Hollywood socialite. I just want the car. You get the GMC Denali. I want all that, plus I want the cachet of, hey, look at me, I'm driving an Escalade. You pay the five grand more. So it's basically the same truck, but different markets.
1: You know what I think you really should do? skip the denali stay with the base yukon and you can add all the options except for the chrome grill and 22 inch rims and save like
2: $4000. True, I did that on the build sheet, but you don't get a couple of the options the power running boards which you can get aftermarket. Uh, you don't oh, get them. Oh, so the nice... they've
1: go ahead, sorry.
2: Yeah, yeah, they there's limit, there's options on the denali that you cannot get on the uh upscale model yukon. So that every a new option. Thing. Yeah. The power running boards, the, the trim, um, let's see, the dash inserts and stuff like that, a little bit different stuff. So, I mean, you're you're getting a little bit of exclusivity with the Denali that you don't get with the upscale uh, base Yukon.
1: Okay, well, then I will with, withdraw my statement, because it used to be with the older Denalis, especially like the uh, Acadia or with the uh, Sierra 20, 2500 H, HD yeah. Denali, like, you could get all of the same options – except for, like, the chrome rims and the chrome front grille, that's, like, Denali-specific and save, yeah. like, all the money in the world.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, you, it, it is about $4,000 difference between the two, the base model Denali and the upscale Yukon, but there is a couple things that aren't there that some people just would really like. I fell in love with those power powering boards. They're just perfect. Those are the they, coolest thing in the whole world. Fell, they fell right exactly where they needed to be, they kept your pant leg from getting dirty in case you ran into mud or anything like that. You're not touching the bottom of the car. Um, they look amazing, uh, and they, they fold up in perfect timing. And there's an option to uh, turn them off or leave them deployed if you wanted to. Hmm. So,
1: like I want those on every car I own. Yeah. I Even though them. I don't need them on my Golf, but... <laughs> They're just cool.
0: <laughs> I can golf with running woods deploying out on the bottom. Ooh. It's like a half an inch off the ground.
2: <laughs> saying, it would
1: just it would just ground the car. They'd be like jack jack stands. The golf just be awesome. <laughs> It'd be like
2: F one. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it, the, I had no real complaints about the car except for uh, trying to figure out some of the parts of the uh, infotainment system. Trying to get a DVD to play in the back, and I couldn't get it to play with the speakers. It would just do the headphones. And I called OnStar. Just, you know, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try OnStar. 45 minutes later, and about four or five transfers, someone finally was like, all right, I'm going to look in the manual and see. And I'm like, and they put me on hold. I hung up. I looked in the manual, found the answer. And then they called me back, and they were like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. McNabb. We got disconnected. I'm like, I found it. Thanks. (laughs) And they're like, where was it?
0: (laughs) Please let us know. Look yourself.
2: (laughs) Like, I, I'm sure Answer is a great service, and this is the first time I've used it, um, but it, you would think that someone would know the procedures of how to do that certain thing really quickly on one of the latest products they have. So, you know, not passing judgment, but just saying, hey, you might want to watch out. So anyway, I, I mean, the car is great. I have no complaints about it. It sucks gas, but it is a big SUV. I did get about 20 miles per gallon on the highway with it, so – you can't actually terrible. <laughs> you got, with a four hundred and twenty horsepower V eight, yeah, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I averaged about uh, seventeen with the K nine hundred.
2: I had my I foot had my the, toes
0: eight thousand pounds. I had my foot in the fan about every time I had the chance to. So. Oh my
2: gosh, dude.
1: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) alright we're going to do one more quick check in with Finn's he does have a 2014 Grand Cherokee Overland he says it's a great car it's a road juggernaut it can be fun to drive but little things annoy the living shit out
2: of him okay I want to know please Finn tell us because I want that car bad the Overland is amazing it's
0: beautiful it's beautiful
2: the
1: only Cherokee I want the the only Cherokee I want has the 3 liter eco Eco diesel
0: what an amazing engine don't get me started on that thing
1: all right, so I, we've talked about lots and lots of luxury. We have talked about all sorts of luxury between the Avalon and the Kia and the Yukon. So Now
0: last...
2: we're going to talk about something that doesn't have seat heaters, that doesn't have any options, but that drives. It, it did have seat, seat heaters, actually. I had decked uh, out, 30,
1: out. $32,000 I was in for a Miata. <laughs> a car that you can get for twenty three five, I was in a thirty two thousand dollar model of. Okay. And that seems I but I want everything it has. I would pay forty thousand dollars for that car.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So um, I was in the power retractable hardtop model. Mm. Um, with uh, I was in the Grand Touring package, so I had leather seats and slightly upgraded rims and like little chrome trim on the door handles and that sort of stuff. Um, oh, H I D headlights, which are great. I love HIDs. Mm-hmm. So it was like the, the Miata Denali, right? Essentially the Miata <laughs> Denali, and then I also had every I had every option. So I had the Sport Package, which, by the way, if you buy a Miata and you don't buy the Sport Package, I will personally drive to your house and beat you to death with a fish.
0: It's, <laughs> that's, it's, it's an awesome. It's what like six hundred and fifty bucks. It's six hundred and fifty dollars. shocks. The Bilstein yeah. shocks
1: alone cost that much. You get you get Bilstein shocks with revised damping on the whole suspension system, and you get a limited slip rear diff for $650. That's That's the the best option package of any car ever. Ever. Ever, ever. Um, So, yes, I'm in a Miata, and I hate power retractable hardtops, but this one does it perfectly. So... Um, trunk space to go from the soft top to the hard top, you lose absolutely nothing. Miata has used Voodoo and Witchcraft to cram the hard top into the exact same hole the soft top used to go into. Um, it doesn't matter if the top is up or down, you can still access the trunk. The top fits in its own little bucket that never approaches into the rear trunk at all. So, like, a lot of cars, like, if you get, like, a 3 Series convertible or, like, an Audi A4 convertible or whatever, like, the trunk lifts off and all the top just folds into there, so you can have the top down, Or you can put things in it. You can't do both. Miata, exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, your your, your Lexus, how long does it take to put the top up? About 20 seconds. Okay. With the Miata, I can take the top down and put it back up in almost the same amount of time. Dead gum. Yep. It has one of the fastest tops in the entire world. It is like 11.8 seconds.
2: See, I really enjoy just watching mine. I don't care if it takes 30 seconds. I just sit there Uh, and like – You say you don't
1: care if it takes 30 30 seconds, but the moment it starts piss-pouring rain, you're going to care a
2: lot. Okay. Well, one of the things I do complain, and you're going to have the same complaint, is that most – or some hardtop convertibles will let you do it up to 30 miles an hour. Like you can control it. But no, you got to be in park with your foot on the brake.
1: Miata oh, is that yeah, way. To, like, you, it, you know. So I had the manual, so you have to be in in neutral. Yes. Um, so you obviously have to be on the brake or have the brake on to make it work. Um, and that's a big problem between a lot of cars, and they vary wildly. So, like, some cars will let you do it. Um, like the Audi R8, you can put the top up and down, even though it's soft. You can you, you put the top up and down on that up to speeds of, I think, 26 or something. Um, 370Z convertible. Dead stop. Uh, Ferrari four five eight. Dead stop. Mm. Um, the Fiat five hundred con- convertible. Fifty six miles an hour. You can well, move and lower that thing. That, that's That's
0: awesome. a, a freaking sunroof. It's not a convertible top. Yeah. Okay. But I will. I will get. It's a sunroof
1: this. that goes from the windshield to the bumper. It's called a target top.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not a convertible. I hate when people call it a convertible. It's like you call the Juke a hatchback. <laughs> the Juke is a
2: hatchback. The Jeep Liberty had that too, and Finn will appreciate that.
0: Yeah, you know, my K900 had a panoramic sunroof. It's convertible. Okay, <laughs> did, did
2: the whole thing fold off?
0: Well, no, but shut up.
1: Okay, when when the it entire roof is gone, when when the entire roof is completely gone to nearly the rear bumper... I'm gonna let that be when, called a convertible.
0: When I can reach up top and grab the top of the door and still touch metal, that's not a convertible. Do you have the upper pillar still in place on the on the on the uh, the 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 five hundred? The the top of the doors are still there because they're not uh, they're not pillarless.
1: Right. Doesn't matter. It's a convertible. Anyways, moving. moving on Seems from really your bad. wrongness, <laughs> we're moving on from your wrongness. <laughs> um, quite frankly, I hate that I drove the Miata. Cause now you're
0: ah. I so okay. Oh, you want one now, don't you? I want one a lot. Um, I have two in my driveway right now. (laughs) So part
1: of part of one of the crappy things about our job is very easy to get jaded and hate life. Um, like, and well, you'll you'll hear this from a lot of people for a a lot of things. If you do what you love for a living, like like if you do something you like for a, a job, eventually you stop liking to do that thing when you're not working. Right Like you want to separate your work life, even though that's the thing you used to like to do. You, you don't want to do that when you're not working anymore. Um, and it sort of gets that way occasionally for me for driving like I, I still like driving, but the amount of times or just in the afternoon after my day's done, I've decided to go, "Hey, I'm just gonna go for a random drive to nowhere and then come back home has dropped off dramatically. All I wanted to do when I had the Miata was just drive it nowhere. All the time. It made me enjoy driving again. I mean, just immediately I'm like, this is great. I love all of it all the time. Um, steering wheel, fantastic steering. Some of the best I've ever had. Way up there with the Porsche Cayman S. Um, the shifter, Better than
0: the Porsche,
1: hands down. Oh, yeah. The shifter on that Miata is so perfect.
0: Now the NB the generation I can say has is, is a decent shifter. It's really nice, but the NC one is simply incredible. I don't know what they changed, but it is perfect. It just falls right into the gear and they're so close. Oh, absolutely amazing. So Finns has hopped in. Oh hey, Hulty. Hi Hulti! Hi Hulti!
1: Um, Finn says jumped G. back in. He says, "I have a Smart Top module on my 2012 SE. 2012 SE. What? Um, he says. He says you can put the top up at speeds up to 28. Oh, his convertible. Got it. Uh, this That's is one of the guys who was at the Miata gathering that I I just had. So he has a Smart Top module on his 2012 SE Miata. So he can actually put the top up. It speeds up to 28. So that sounds like something that might be a worthy upgrade. Mark top mod is that like a, is an aftermarket or is that actually that one? Um... That would that would be an aftermarket thing. Yeah. Um, um. So the Fiat 500 looks like a tin can that's been opened. Says Hulty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Hulty. Oh that.
1: God. Finn says the side radar on the Jeep got stuck in the beep 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 mode for about 20 <laughs> minutes while in fully beach. The touchscreen randomly reboots. You can turn things on and watch it turn off again. Sometimes the suspension doesn't raise back up when moving, so it's like riding in a lumber truck. And the man, memory seating it's... sometimes doesn't remember to move. Okay, man, the U.S. Government, government has a TV thing called
2: Lemon Law. I might, oh, might want to take that up to consideration. We've,
1: we've got another one. The auto headlight dimmer camera died in the first week. The factory forgot to plug in the door electronics on the driver's side. Dude. Take yeah, that
0: sucker uh, back, it. man. Wow. Sounds like someone was drunk when they built
2: that car. <laughs> that was built at 5 o'clock on a Friday. Friday.
0: Right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and they had already cracked the cans of my, uh, Miller Lite. Like, you need to take that car back. I, I love oh. the Jeep, and that's that makes me really sad, because Fiat and Chrysler are doing good stuff with quality. But rough, man. That's that's sick. Yeah. But so anyways, back to the Miata. Um, So <laughs> Mazda brought it to
1: me, and I went on a road trip. I... I, I really like pie, um, and my wife makes some of the best pie in the world. So um, her her father, my, my father-in-law, lives in northern Wisconsin, and on the way to his house is where you can go to pick fresh cherries that are great for pies. One of the biggest areas for that in the, in the country is in a place called Door County, Wisconsin. So I'm like, Mazda said I need to go on a road trip in a convertible. Between me and your dad is pie, Let's make this happen. And uh, so I drove all the way to Wisconsin to get some pie in a Miata. Um, by the time I got all the way back home and they came to pick the car up, I'd put 2,200 and some odd miles on it. You were um, lucky, man. And every one of them was an amazing thing. Um, I learned a lot. I learned I am a convertible guy. Like, I never thought I would be. Um, like, sunroofs, I don't like sun, sunroofs. When I get press, press cars with them, I leave the little stupid flaps shut. I don't open the sunroof ever. I, I, I hate it. I spent, except for when the car was parked, I spent maybe an hour and a half in the whole time I was driving that thing with the top
2: up. <laughs> that was it. Okay, um, uh, on that topic, how is the noise level in the car with the top up? Um, still noisy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, the um, Miata is a naturally noisy car. You can't kind of, you can't get around that. It's it's just the nature the, of it.
1: There's it it feels and sounds like there's no real sound deadening anywhere else in the car. So the top may be thicker and more insulated now, but like the floor pan still isn't, and the firewall still isn't, and the door panels still aren't. So there's but, still just noise everywhere.
0: But uh, but I'll give you a challenge. Drive my NB, then jump in the NC. You'll sound like you're driving like a three series. <laughs> <laughs> that may be the truth, I, but but yeah, I don't have
1: one of those to compare. But I, I I like it because for me it's like, well, okay, one of the big reasons to have the hard top up is gone because it's not that quiet. So, um, boom, another reason to leave top down all the time. I drove with the top down in the rain. You just <laughs> go a little bit faster and you're fine. The only time I got wet was when I got stuck behind somebody going really slow. And then I was like, oh, God, I need to stop and put the top up. I need to stop and put the top up. Because, <laughs> like, at above 45 or so, like, unless it was really heavy rain, I don't think you'd get wet. Like, I was driving 4550, yeah, and it all just goes right over the top. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I stopped to about 30 to get when this car pulled out behind me, and it was like, oh, man, am I wet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, Fins is not
2: a Jeep. It's not designed for that.
1: Yep, Fins has jumped in again. I swore I'd never have another American car again, but I gave it a chance.
0: Well, Never hey, hey first, of all, Finn, first of all, Finn, there's no such thing as an American car anymore. They're not American. They're built in Mexico. They're built in Canada. They're built here. They're built there.
2: Ford <laughs> F-150. A yeah, the F-150, I was going to say. I
0: that though, but isn't the F-150 still partially built in Mexico? Nope. So last I knew it was.
2: The F-150 just came out. Uh, Well, some report. I wrote an article about it, that the F-150 is the most American-built truck there is. Uh, most American-built thing, car yeah, there is. With more than, like, It's more than 75%, is what the report said, but it's closer to like 90%. Yeah, well, to
1: to be on the list was more than 75%. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but still, again, there you have it. There's still no such thing as an American car because parts are coming from here and there and all over the place.
1: He says, for what it's worth, the trunk and the power retractable hardtop Miata is actually bigger—not much bigger, but it's bigger. According to Mazda's website, the trunk space number that they give you, like five point three cubic feet or whatever, is exactly the same for the soft top NC and the hard top NC. That's yeah. by their website. I didn't have them both to try and cram things in and compare, yeah. so I just know that I had the and one. And
2: I will give the Lexus that I had, the Lexus IS three fifty C F Sport that I had. When the top is up, you could like—it's a trunk. It's like a truck bed back there, like load hay in there or something it's so (laughs) massive it's so long because it's like from the rear door from the door to all the way back yeah it's massive but as soon as you put the top down it literally goes from like i don't know four feet long by you know whatever to literally about that
0: and there's There's a little partition
2: there's a little partition to keep your stuff from getting smushed oh nice yeah Uh,
1: Fins Mm -hmm. also agrees that the NA and beach noise vehicle, or noise, vibration, and harshness compared to the NC, there's a big, big difference. So he is confirming your thoughts there, Justin. Um, but anyway, so yeah, the freaking Miata. God, it's amazing. And I really want one. And it it helped me meet some of the coolest people in the world. Um, like, driving down the road, like when I was in the Porsche, people would be like, cool, that's a Porsche, or people would be like, you're a giant douche and I want to crash into you. Like, that's all there ever was. When you're in the Miata, everyone looks at you, and everyone smiles, and everyone seems to be happy about it. And then when you pass somebody else who's driving a Miata, they all, like, smile yeah. and nod. Like, like they understand. and like, yes, you, sir, you are enjoying life. Bravo. That's, that's like, a fun Bravo thing. Bravo, back to you. Is it like the Jeep Wave? I guess so. I've never owned a Jeep, so I don't know what the Jeep Wave is. Yeah, you suck. But, um, like, and so, like, here in, here, in, here in town, like, as soon as I found that I was getting a Miata – I was, like, on Facebook chatting with this car group that's in town. I'm like, I'm getting a Miata. And then I'm like, boom, there's a local area roadster club called Knox Area Roadsters. They actually got me a T-shirt. I'm an an honorary member of Knoxville Auto Roadsters, and it's a Miata-based club. And, like, within a day, they had helped me arrange this huge get-together. We all came out. We met up, and we talked. We hung out. We did car stuff, and they've got big cool modifications and supercharger kits and lowering kits and rear diffusers. And we all just hung out. We did a bunch of pictures. It was just like the most awesome thing ever. A huge, great bunch of guys. And like everyone that I met who drives a Miata was like that. Nobody was rude and hateful. Like you get in a lot of car scene stuff, you know, a lot of the car scene is I'm a Honda guy. If you're not a Honda guy, that's the end of it. Like, think about the muscle car stuff, right? Like, if yeah. you're a Camaro guy, if you see someone in a Mustang, like, you want to physically vomit on them because they drive a Mustang. Like, that's how all these people
0: act. With a Miata, nobody cares. Like, we like cars and we like driving. Hi. Yeah, isn't there one guy in that club that has a, that just sold his Miata and bought, like, a Honda? <laughs> um,
1: so, there is one guy in that club. His name is Josh. He's a, uh, he's, he's a photographer guy. Um, he has carmitment issues he says um, basically he buys a car he mods it the way he likes and as soon as he gets done he's like I have to get rid of it and uh, so he had a Miata did a whole bunch of stuff sold it and now he's got a Civic that he put a, uh, K K20 in so he's got a K, K-Swap Civic now that it's almost done he's talking about selling it and getting something else and he might go back to a Miata again so yeah
0: well, in an odd twist of things, um, Mazda mistakenly sent me a Miata, too, so we're going to have back-to-back reviews on Miata this week and next week. So <laughs> well, they, they can make the mistake a third time again if they want. Yeah, exactly. The press lady's like, hey, we made a mistake. We're like, oh, no, that's totally cool. Don't worry about it.
2: <laughs> you know, I'll suck it up, and I'll have the cloth top. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Guys. yeah. Uh, is is
1: yours
0: the Grand Touring model?
1: Justin? Yeah, Yeah, mine's,
0: it, mine's identical to yours, same sticker price and everything, just a different color.
1: Mine's silver. Okay. silver. I was so – I I ended up liking the color when the the car showed up. I didn't like the color.
0: Really? How can you not like that color? That's one of the best colors Maz has ever put on a car.
1: No, because I'm in a Miata, so by God, I want it in red. Well, I I thought yours was red. No, it's like burgundy. It's red.
0: That's close enough. No. At least it's not silver.
1: Well, because they sell sell a red one, like red red, like my golf red.
0: Yeah, I had the red club one last year.
1: Right. That I want red. I don't want old man burgundy. I want red. Hey, I mean, Brad burgundy is a cool man. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy Manton is a saint. Uh, but no, wow. that's, that's that's the thing. Like I don't want old man burgundy. I I, I do. I want freaking sports car arrest me red. My uh, god. Ugh. So that was that was like my my only complaint about the car um is like it wasn't red. Um I do have to say after like ten hours in the car, the seats are a little uncomfortable.
2: Um, but not unbearable. Maybe
1: that's why yeah. I every
2: if, Miata ever with like those uh those roller seat covers, like the little <laughs> bamboo. I
0: mean, if, if you're buying a Miata to for a comfortable road trip, you need your head examined.
2: Yeah, you're buying the wrong cover.
0: I've driven my Mazda Speed to Florida and back from Pennsylvania twice, and I vowed to never ever, 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 ever do it again. <laughs>
1: But but yeah, like everything about that car is just awesome, and it is all driver focused. Like, so the gauges, you have five gauges, huge tack, huge speedo. Right up in the middle, you have oil pressure. When was the last time you saw an actual analog oil pressure gauge in a car? Yeah, for real. So, right, and then I've got temperature and fuel. Like, that's it. Again, I have every single option in the entire world. You know what I have sitting in the center of my dash? a five-inch by one-inch little dot matrix display that says what station on the radio I'm on.
0: But I have to tell you something about that stereo that, that I I complain about on so many other stereos is it has analog buttons. So I'm switching through the serious stations. I can just go tick, 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 tick. There's my station. And I don't right. sit there and go beep, beep, beep. Yep, <laughs>
1: When you're dealing with normal FM radio, having a button is not that bad. When you've got 347,000 radio stations to scroll through, you need a freaking knob. Yes. Subaru is terrible for that. If you get any one of Subaru's navigation systems, there's no knob. There's not even a real button. It's a touchscreen button. Mm-hmm. So there's a button on you have to you have to peck on the touch screen forty seven times to get to the radio station you well, want.
0: The, the Honda Fit, one complaint I had on that, the navigation the, the big screen did not have a volume knob. The volume was push button. And it didn't work. What? Like, yes, there was no volume knob. There was a, a steering wheel controlled volume, but it was the same was the same response time as the touch screen. It was awful. That sucks. Totally well, awful. See,
2: um... You uh, connect and then GM's, uh, all of GM's infotainment systems, you can actually hit a browse button for XM and it shows all the, the channel listings and you can figure out what you want to listen to without having to know what channel it's on.
0: Yeah, I think pretty much all of them have the browse, but not all whoa, of them whoa. are that effective. Hey,
1: guys, guys, holy dog piss. Um, Mark, talk to me about Toyota and BMW right now because we're at like 50 freaking minutes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
2: What's it matter, dude?
1: So let's Brad. go on to the news. <laughs> okay, we need
0: a news.
2: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so um, Toyota and BMW. Next. Yay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Toyota and BMW no, Super, okay, Super so Yeah, this is pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty cool stuff. All right, so Toyota and BMW, uh, they have collaborated, and we're looking at a new BMW C4 and a new Toyota Supra. So that's really, really cool. Rural drive. Uh, We don't know what's going to be in it. Maybe, hopefully, like a twin-turbo BMW motor.
0: Oh, I hope. That would be
2: awesome. Um, What's really
0: nice about this is they're not going to share bodies. It's not going to be the Toyota twins.
2: Yeah, it's going to be – it's just a platform, uh, apparently. So it's going to be, you know – of course, anything that BMW designs, it's going to be a a decent driver car, hopefully. So – for both of these cars, they both need updates. Obviously, the Z4 is starting Ooh. to get a little old, and the Super Well, it you know the last one debuted in like what 2001, something like that. So it needs to come back. Uh, like, I'm not I really think into the last that buy in that scene. Buying
1: the US was like 1997. Yeah, going to say 94. Oh, okay, yeah. I
2: don't even know. I'm thinking the NSX or whatever, but yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's well, no, it, they it's sold good the news, in the 2000s, but you couldn't get them in the in yeah, the, in it's Japan. Yeah, so anyway, it's it's very good news. Uh, you know, we don't really know a whole lot about it, but we know that the, the, the deal is on and that they're talking about doing it. So, fingers crossed for that.
1: I'm gonna say I'll believe it when I see it because the super has been coming back since 1998, and it still hasn't shown up.
0: Yeah, but we are seeing it now. with All these other old, yesteryear uh, sports cars coming back. The time is now. It's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the time is now, but Toyota is Toyota.
2: so BMW, we'll hopefully, hopefully they BMW learn chassis. from their
0: mistakes with Subaru. Yeah, BMW chassis, BMW engine, Toyota, electric drive, <laughs> and there we go. Don't make it a hybrid. It's fin, you know funny, it's going to be. Don't
2: make it a hybrid. Fin's, Fin's, Fins has
1: a comment for uh, YouTube. <sighs> the browse on Uconnect is great. When it
2: works. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it with your G. <laughs> little <laughs> cinnamon wow. What is wrong with you? Make your <laughs> car <laughs> back and get a new one. All right. Your
1: car is a lemon. Justin, talk to me about awesome Cadillacs with
0: V yes, badges. Yes, Cadillac is Ving it up here. We have you caught V all the things. Yes, we caught two Vs uh, at Nurburgring. what One is the, one is the ATSV Coupe. The other one is the new CTSV. Both look absolutely awesome. The ATSV has is looking to have the 3.6 twin turbo, 430 horsepower. The CTSV is looking to have at least somewhere in the range of 600 horses. No real confirmation on an engine, but probably going to be um, – I think we're looking at the 6 point uh, – Oh, no, there's actually no the speculation. LT4. Yeah, it I think it's going to be, be the lt 4 That's pretty much what everyone's thinking is going to be the lt 4 but there are some issues about the 4.5 V8 people are talking about that too um, da, da, da. and also coming in is this is a fun one the Escalade V-sport yeah which is kind of weird but it's going to be more like a competitor for the new most navigator most pointless
1: car
2: ever <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's going
0: like, to be kind of it's going to be kind of like a competitor for the navigator cuz it's going to Yeah have a this one 20 really 26.
2: it's it's really strange like Let's make a sportier model with a smaller engine.
0: Like Well, keep in keep in mind the V Sport isn't necessarily a quote unquote really a sportier model. It seems like kinda like somebody's using the V Sport badge for its turbocharged uh three point six liter. That's what it seems like they're doing. Or
1: or they're using it like BMW and their M Sport badge, and it's mostly visual stuff.
0: Yeah, that's true too. But it's gonna be more like the competition for the Navigator, which has the new Eco Sport three uh three six. Eco Boost, yeah. Yeah, or yeah, EcoBoost, I'm sorry. Uh, so it's more going to be a competitor for that. Um, kind of doesn't make sense, to be honest, because you're going from a 6.2 liter down to a, a 3.6 twin turbo. So eh, I don't know if Escalade Faithful will be very happy with that. Yeah. But the big news and, are the two sedan uh, Vs, or the, I'm sorry, the ATS and CTS Vs.
2: And he, here's my thing with that Escalade, if I want to touch on it real quick. Okay, Ford has spent a lot of money making that EcoBoost a decent truck engine. That three point six, it's a car motor. I, mm-hmm. it, I don't know that it's going to be designed and built and strong enough to hold, you know, uh, a lot of people with Escalades tow. They have boats. They want to yeah. be able to do that.
0: That is true, but you know,
1: I don't every, know every every one of them that tows is going to buy the V eight.
0: Now there is also one other bit of news on the V Sport uh, Escalade is there is a the potential potential you like this Christian, of a V six turbo diesel. Um, there's been rumors of GM working on on one for this model, so it may end up being that. It's still kind of up in the air right now.
2: Mm. Well, I want to see that 4.5 liter Duramax come out that they finished,
0: but that the yes, production.
2: that yes, they yeah. need to build that motor tomorrow and that, yesterday. That,
0: the, was that, yeah. is, that a v, is that a V6? I haven't no, heard much V8. about
2: that one. It's, a, a V8? it's basically, it's like the 6.6 uh, 6 Duramax, but yeah. basically smaller. smaller. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's 4.5 liter uh, V8. I think it's got a hot V, so the, the turbo's inside the V, and uh, it's it's very compact. And I mean, you can put it in the Silverado, you could put it in the new Canyon, uh, Escalade. you know.
0: Turbo. How insane
1: would a Canyon with 700 pound-feet be? Oh, dude. <laughs> <That's ridiculous.
0: laughs> Don't outdo the old uh, the old um, Canyon with the 5.3 liter V8. Oh, my God, dude. Shut up and take my money.
2: All right.
1: <laughs> you know what? Let's talk about more diesels. Diesel. Ooh, talk to me
2: about an yeah. R8. All right. So you want to go fast and you want to smell like uh, French fry oil? Well, not really, You know, unless you do that sort of stuff. Uh, R8 is possibly getting a TDI version. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be kind of cool. We don't know what they're going to do as far as the engine itself. Uh, Volkswagen does have that 4.0 liter V8 TDI sitting around. And also, have also got that 5 liter V10 that used to be Ooh. in the the Turek. Could you imagine? That would be uh, that, ridiculous. Yeah, that that engine made 310 horsepower and 5 uh, 153 foot pounds of torque back in the 2000s in the in the Volkswagen Turek But up at four, you know, obviously more power, more power, and we're talking like you know. 500 horsepower, and like 800 pound-feet of torque. I think Ridiculous. I think this makes a lot
1: of sense because Audi Audi is pushing diesel hard. Yes. And and I, I like how Volkswagen is sort of trying to separate Audi from the batch as being the fuel-efficient German option with their diesel, so it's fuel-efficient performance because with all that fancy torque that gives you all that grunt in the beginning. Plus, yeah. Audi has that big racing heritage right now. They've won Le Mans, what, 11 out of the last 12 times or something now with their diesel race race cars like they have all that diesel power and heritage behind them it makes a lot of sense to start throwing some of that speed with some oil burning into their sports car and like where else to start but like the top of the range yeah Yeah,
2: halo car and that's the that's the whole point of doing this whole racing series stuff is make the make the make the product work and make it Provable and make people want to buy it. Then all of a sudden, you're offering it in the R8. People go out and shell out money for it. And they so could
1: even point. they could even get rid of the V8 R8 and have two V V10s, so like a V10 diesel and a V10 gasoline.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and Audi's already working on this. We already saw it in the uh, the RS5 TDI concept. Uh, yeah. That already came out. 385 horsepower, 553 pound feet of torque, and that's just a little V6.
1: And yeah. now the S7 TDI Quattro or whatever that they just announced.
0: Yeah. Uh, the A7, you mean.
1: Yeah, the A7, like slightly sportier A7 diesel.
0: Oh, wait, wait. Actually, no, I'm looking at the A6. I didn't catch the A7 the, the one. I didn't catch that.
1: I
2: think Mark wrote that, didn't you? <sighs> yeah, it was the a 7 STDI or whatever. And, but it has like a sport package on it or something. Yeah, yeah. it was basically the sport package. It was way overpriced, but it, it was a sporty diesel. It was really cool. But, yeah, it was ridiculously overpriced. You could pay for years worth of gasoline for what you would save out of this, but um, it, I mean, it was a powerful car for a diesel, and you know, it was it was good, and sporty. So, you know, I'll give them that. Uh, hopefully, the price will come down eventually, but
0: and it will. It will over time. It's just when these things first come out, they're novel, they're expensive. And then yeah. the technology gets cheaper.
2: Yeah, but I'm I'm all for this diesel stuff. I think it's great. Um, you know. All right, yeah. so we're gonna move on, Moving Justin.
0: On.
1: Tell me about Cadillac's great day and Infinity's terrible day.
0: Yes, Johan, the, I hope I don't pronounce his last name wrong, the nice gin, I think that's right, has left uh, Infinity and left Audi, jumped to Infinity. Now he's left Infinity after two years of basically rebuilding it and changing every single thing they do. And now he's heading over to Cadillac, which may be why we're seeing so many Vs. Um, he is one of the Great mind of the automotive industry, I think, uh, especially in a luxury brand. He knows how to take a luxury brand that has a ton of potential, package it up, and say, here, this is how you make it work. But then he leaves. Um, it seems to be his M.O. He builds these brands, says, hey, I'm going to make it awesome. Then he says, okay, you take over. I'm moving over here to build these guys now. He's almost like uh, like your friend at the Miata Club. He uh, has car commitment issues. He yeah. Rebuilds one company, says, okay, now you play with it. I'm going to go play with these guys. Yeah,
2: for he's like life. a consultant.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, really. He really is.
2: Uh, but oh, now he's taken sure over. Paid enough.
0: Oh, yeah, and he he's taken over a a big big wig job. I think yeah. it's higher than he was in in uh, Infinity. Yeah. Uh, it he can't be his, higher
1: than he was at Infinity. He was the head. Oh yeah, of he was the Infinity. head of
0: Global. Yeah, he was the head of Global. Yeah. So, yeah <laughs> he, he was yeah, Infinity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just moved sideways. He is the head of the world. To, <laughs> he, yeah, he moved sideways. But this means huge things for Cadillac because now Eventually. Cadillac has someone. No, it means huge things for Cadillac. Because now Cadillac kind of like has a guy in charge who's willing to change things up, willing to shake things, shake it up a little bit, and make the brand better. He's not afraid to release, you know, things like that, uh, the O Rose or whatever it's called. He's not afraid of that, and that kind of makes me wonder what's going to happen with that car now that he's gone. Are they going to keep pushing it? Or are we going to have? Oh, what we surely still? they will.
1: No, I think they have to with with the way it's been built, if they cut that now, that'll ruin them. Because re- remember, up until two years ago, Infinity didn't even exist outside of the United States, and they've just made this big global push, yeah. and they're using a lot of these things to build brand rec- rec- recognition and cachet. If they kill that car now, they're going to ruin what they spent the last two years
0: building. Yeah, but so often we see executives leave, and suddenly the entire plan goes to crap. The entire plan goes away and it's okay we're going to do this now. We don't see any profitability in this, this, or this. We see it very often. I mean, all these car manufacturers change their plans. This car's off, this car's back on. Okay, now I'm in charge. So this car's on and that car's off. Uh, it just makes me nervous that that, that we may see Infinity kind of brush this under the rug and act like it never happened. Say, well, it's a great design study, but it's gone now. But for Cadillac, this means we're going to see a whole lot of really good stuff uh, coming out of them. And I'm excited to see what, they, what he's going to do with them. Well,
2: we'll get to Cadillac kind of like El Rouge.
0: Yeah, Cadillac kind of like El Rouge. All right, moving on. We have
2: finished yes.
1: the news. We did the whole news Oof.
2: section in like 12 and a half minutes. Go
0: wow. no us. It <laughs> was kind of intense there. Yeah, it was. Okay. <laughs>
1: uh, questions and answers. Starting with Gary Davis. I am very curious what car would each of us pick as the most beautiful car we have ever seen? And I had him clarify it doesn't matter if you've seen it in person or seen it in pictures, which is what's the prettiest thing you've ever seen?
2: Oh. Howdy, R8. Right? Really? I, yeah. I I just like... It's pretty. I don't know. I don't know if it's the most... Well, you know what? That's... Then again, the Corvette C3. The... 71. Mm,
1: your dad's car. Mm-hmm. Yep, good choices. Um, I'll, I'll go with that. The C3 Corvette. I am going to... So... A Lamborghini Miura is absolutely beautiful. I've never seen one in person, though. Jag E-Types, I have seen in person, and those are gorgeous. Um, Ugh, I don't know. There's so many really, really beautiful cars out there. Justin, did you uh, do
2: your homework and pick this car out? Yes, I did. Okay. Yes. Speak, speak, Um,
0: Speak your mind. I, I went with what car I saw in person. Um, I could go left, right, up, and down with what cars I've seen online and pretty pictures. Cars I've seen in person, the most beautiful car is the Fisker car. Um, uh, okay. The is the hey, Attractive. The, the massive, long front end, the, the huge wheelbase, the... Beautiful cabin and and just and driving it is simply amazing. Um, second, uh, in person, I match up with you, Mark, is the R eight. I saw one of those in person, and it's just it's a stunning car to see in person.
2: You know, there's a lot of those around Knoxville, Christian. I'm sure you see a lot of them. Uh, there that that I'm aware of, I know of five. Well, I used to see those five all the time then. <laughs> there are two
1: hardtops and three convertibles that I know of. One of the convertibles is a V ten. It's red. Nice.
2: Yep. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean that, that the Fisker Karma is a great choice, and I just want Bob Lutz's version with the yes, yes, VL or whatever it's called. Ugh.
1: Um, so the Karma is beautiful, but I liked the Surf better. Um, I saw the Surf in person at the New York Auto Show in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Surf was the Karma, but it was like a Karma wagon. Um, yeah, that yeah thing I was remember beautiful. that. Um, I think that actually though the most beautiful car I've ever seen, uh, is the Aston Martin V12 Vantage Zagato. Um, so, Zagato, the styling house in Italy, took the Aston Martin V12 Vantage, and they made this car that was kind of mean and cool-looking and just draped it in sex and beautiful. Um, they rounded off all the sharp edges. They largened up the grille. They put their uh, signature little, like, double bubble roof thing on it. They rounded the rear bumper in. So, it was all just a lot smoother and a lot sleeker. And uh, it was in this awesome, awesome red color. Um that's probably the most beautiful thing I've seen. I saw that for about 45 seconds at an auto show being rushed through this room. So, All right. Uh, yep, there we go. We're going to move on. Fred Grant. Hey, guys. Oh, shit. This is going to be a long one. Uh, we need to make this kind of quick. Hey, guys. I, actually, you know what? We're going to do like we did that one day where we're going to do this at the end of this episode. Um. <laughs> So, we're, so we'll say the episode's over, and then we'll take five minutes to answer your question afterwards, Grant, because we are or Fred, Fred Grant, because we are like way over time. All right. So uh, Steph Mariut says, "Hey guys, most of us, if it's top speed daily, are still new to the automotive industry. Would it be cool if we could reserve five or ten minutes of our show to create a little automotive glossary, something to help them learn faster?" Or, well, I don't know. He says, "You know what I mean, right?" <laughs> um, I don't exactly know what you I, mean. Yeah,
2: I don't but, know. But I want, I want glossary to throw this, Right. The rubber part that hold the road. <laughs> no. So,
1: so, like, I want to <laughs> throw this out to everyone listening and, w- and watching and stuff. Um, do you think this is a good idea? Are there things that we say that when we start talking, you're just, like, staring at your computer screen going, uh... So, like, if there's anything like that or anything that you think we should spend more time explaining or that you'd like to just have ex- explanations from us, let us know. Hit those comments. Hit us on the Twitter or send us an email um, and I will make sure we get that done. Even if we can't do it in the podcast, maybe we can get some pieces written up for you guys or we can do some standalone video stuff, something. But if this is something you guys are interested in, let us know, and
2: then we'll do what we can to make it happen for you. Because yeah, and it. I will say this one thing too. Our commenters are really nice. If you go to other sites like YouTube or some other automotive places, they're like, they'll they tell you apart for you know asking the wrong question or saying the wrong mm-hmm. thing. Ask a question here, and no one's going to tear you apart. So just ask it in the comments, and we'll answer it.
0: Well, I think a lot yeah. of that is because we actually get involved. It's not just a bunch yeah. of random BSers in there. It's actually us also talking to these people. Yeah. So I think they're a lot more respectful that way. <laughs> yeah. Yep, keep you in line.
1: All right, let's jump to Own Drive Burn. Terrible. Thomas, Thomas Beretta's a jerk. Uh, yes. So Thomas Thomas Beretta has given us three cars for Own Drive Burn. We have a Ferrari 250 California, a Ferrari 250 Berli, Berlinetta from 1959, and a Ferrari 250 Zagato. Uh. And uh, I'm going to go first because this one is actually easy for me. Oh, um, I am going to burn the living crap out of the Berlinetta. No shit's given. Um, set it to flame. Then I'm going to drive the 250 California once because it's convertible and it's 250 Cal- Cal- California and I love it. Uh, and then I'm going to drive every day the Zagato. So I burnt the... Uh, Burn, the, bur, the, the the Berlinetta and Berlinetta. I can say, yes, I burned the Berlinetta because it's a lot like the Zagato, but the Zagato's prettier, so there you go, that one's gone uh, the Zagato has the slightly revised styling, like I was talking about with the other uh, Aston Martins Zagato. I've got the cool little double bubble roof. Looks great. Interior's changed a bit. I think the car's a little bit faster. So that would be the one I'd keep every day, make mine. I'd drive the California once because then I could say I drove California and it's a convertible and it's beautiful and yay. And then, yeah, the other one can just be ashes in the back.
0: You know, I'm, I'm pretty close to you. I would um, <clears throat> burn the Berlinetta. I think it's the ugliest so of the bunch. Just burn it. Although I hate to do it. I don't want to. I'd have to. Um, now, I'd want to drive the, uh, the Zagato just once. Um, just to say that I drove it. I don't know if it's something I want to drive every day because I am obsessed with convertibles. So I'll go ahead and take the, uh, the uh, 250 GT convertible only because, yes, it's a convertible, and I'd probably want to get my hands on the long wheelbase one just to just so I have a little more room. All right, Mark. Mark, that's, that's respectable. Um
2: Well, I'm you know I'm gonna I'm gonna second you, Justin, because uh, the Berlinetta, yeah, I don't really care about um, the Zagato. I'll drive it once because it's kind of cool. Uh, but I'll take the two fifty California because uh, Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> I was gonna Bueller make that
0: car. comment, but I I reserved it. I didn't do it, and you right. go and do it.
2: I I go and do it. Yeah, because that car is awesome. It's so iconic, and you know, to have a movie car would be really cool. So yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I would do. All right, cool. Um, so, yeah, I almost took the
1: California because I like having a, like I, I never knew I was a convertible person until now, but it appears that I am a convertible person. Um, but I really like the Zagato. So there you go. Um, technically, this has been the Topspeed.com podcast. If you would like to stick around and listen to How to Sell Your Car, that's going to happen after our outro music and whatnot. Again, thank you everyone who's watching us live. Thank you to everyone who's listened in. Um, we appreciate all of, all of you. If you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us in the comments on topspeed.com. You can, read us, you can leave comments in the YouTube feed. You can also reach us by email, podcast at topspeed.com, uh, or you can reach us on Twitter at topspeedpodcast. Pod, Pod, if you want to reach me directly on Twitter, I am at Moford, that is M-O-E-F-E-R-D, you can reach Justin at the Car Junkie, and you can find Mark at Mark McNab. Um, again, I want to thank everyone who stayed and listened, and we hope you guys had a wonderful time. I'm gonna play some music where the show's gonna be technically over, and then we're gonna come back and cover that last little question. But none so, of you are allowed to leave. Net. Well, whatever. All right, <laughs> mute your mics, homies. Let's get this thing started. Apparently I don't have music.
2: This is the outro song.
1: I can get the guitar back out.
2: (laughs) Well, anyway, okay, so now we're echoey. Yeah, I'm trying to fix the echo.
1: Okay, echo is fixed. Hold on one sec.
2: Justin, your mic is still muted. Uh, I have a new
1: song. It's not G this time.
0: It's, it's F. C. <laughs> C.
2: <laughs> to A seventh, to B minus. Uh.
1: So that was our outro song.
2: <laughs> because of... Paris. We are high class here at the... Aren't Talk we? <laughs>
1: Well, I don't want to play real songs because the people like cause then you have to sit here and watch me just like play a real song and people just like staring. It's weird. You're like... Okay,
0: okay, okay. <laughs> That's okay. weird.
1: Disconnect. All right. Yay, so, yay. so <laughs> back to the question. Steph Maroud says, "Hey guys." Oh no, wrong one. No, Fred, Fred
0: Grant. Fred.
1: Fred. Fred Grant says, "Hey guys, I'm currently planning to sell my car and buy a new one. So could you share this with us? What to do?" Or say, so that we can get more money for the car we are selling. First step is pretty obvious. Clean the car. Um, the first step may be obvious as clean the car, but, like, you want to worry about some money? Seriously, actually clean the car. Don't just take it through a car wash. Vacuum that thing out. If, if they're not hard, hard to get to, you want to know one thing that's really nice to do? Undo the four bolts that hold your seat in. Vacuum underneath your seat. Look at things like a clay bar. Um if you're afraid of trying to do stuff for your for yourself, you can spend like fifty dollars and have your car professionally detailed and it'll look amazing and that'll be fifty dollars well spent to really push the value of your car up. Yeah. Well so, I used to do
0: detailing and fifty bucks is kind of cheap i don't know if i'd want a 50 detail <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah. well in, knoxville, in, that
1: it in knoxville 50 50 bucks is we'll, we'll, we'll get you a solid detail job yeah and oh, here's wow. the thing
2: too just go to home depot buy some paint brushes and use that as dusters like clean the vents and make sure everything and for god's sake please make sure all the check-in engine lights are off on the car change the oil make sure your tires look good make sure they're full of air like maintenance mm-hmm. stuff too yeah Another tires thing. tires will add huge to a, to a yeah. used car value
0: yeah, another big thing that a lot of people overlook is if you have a car with higher mileage, say in the hundred thousand mile range, go to uh, like a scrapyard, a U pull at scrapyard with a low mileage car that matches yours, get new uh, brake pedal covers, get the gear shift knob, it's like five bucks. You get one that has less wear and tear on it. It actually adds a lot of value to the interior.
1: I thought you were going to tell them to swap odometers. And I'm like, you are the no. devil.
2: No, 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 no. 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 <laughs> like, Just go to the junkyard no. and find a low mileage car. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. Get,
0: I'm thinking I, it yeah. might be illegal. <laughs> no, get lower mileage components that are cheap. You can pick up a gear shift knob. Like, if I can go to a local um, um, scrapyard and pick up a brand new knob, not a brand new one, one with like 30,000 miles for my Miata, mine's all worn out for like 10 bucks. And that builds a lot of value for the, for the buyer because he's the opposite
1: You're my knob.
0: That is terrible.
2: Anyway, so... I just want to call you You guys, shut up. You're weird.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not the one who looks like Chuck Norris here. <laughs> and that's a bad thing? It is when you're not Chuck Norris. <laughs> you don't
1: know.
2: Chuck Chuck Norris is like 85, so he's saying you look like an 85-year-old man. Well, if I I look like Chuck Norris when I'm 85, I'll be pretty happy. (laughs) So anyway, my advice, look at the car like you were going to buy it. If you see something wrong that would make you not want to buy that car, fix it.
0: Yeah, and do not hide anything from the buyer. If oh. the buyer sees something that you did not tell them about or you told them was okay, that's immediately going to kill the deal right there. If your car leaks a little bit of oil, tell him yes, I get a drop or two of oil leaked every night. You know, tell them that. If they look under your car and see the oil, they're just going to walk away because they're going to wonder yeah. what else is wrong with the car.
1: Yep, 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 yep. Um, obviously, all this does come to a point. Like, If you're only looking to get three or $4,000 from your car, don't spend $2,000 fixing it. But um, within reason, fix, cheap, fix things that are cheap to fix. Like if there's been one little thing like, oh man, the little light bulb in the center dome light has been out for like a year and a half and you never bothered to replace it. Take five minutes of your day, spend $5 and replace it. Having all of those little things work Makes a huge difference because when someone gets in your car and they're worried about buying something, they're going to be like, oh, well, this one thing doesn't work. And if it's just one thing, like, well, okay, that's one little thing. But then one more little thing and one more little thing and one more little thing. And they start thinking about all the things that they need to fix and they start thinking, well, if all this little stuff is broken, what about all the other big stuff? Did he bother to take care of that correctly or anything like that? So. Yeah. Just really be be smart about it. Uh, that was a great tip of think about what you would be looking for if you were going to buy a car and fix those things. If it's simple and it's cheap, just do it. Change the oil. Make sure your tires are good. Do the brakes. And if you can, get paperwork. If you're going to walk up to me with a receipt that says, hey, I got my clutch replaced six months ago, that's a lot better than you just saying, yeah, it was done.
2: Yeah. Have yeah. all your stuff in a file. I do that with my personal car. Everything, every receipt, besides gas, obviously, every oil change uh, that I do, I save the receipt. Um, tires, rotations, all that sort of stuff. It's right there. And rotations and stuff that I do, which are all of them, I write the date on a piece of paper. And kind of all of my all of my dates for oil changes, what oil, what filter, and the tires, what my mileage was and what the date was. See? That I would I would buy a car from Mark. You get
0: it's for sale, you wanna buy it?
1: No, because I think you have a terrible car.
0: <laughs> and you play drums on a steering wheel. <laughs> you hey. drums on a steering.
2: <laughs> I said <laughs> I said I would I said I would buy a car from you, not I would buy your car.
0: <laughs>
2: My trailblazer's are awesome, thank you very much. I
1: hate trailblazers, but I'm not an SUV guy in general. Yeah, you suck at life. Yeah, whatever. I'll take my sports cars. Whoop, whoop. All right, That's ladies and gentlemen, that has actually yeah, been, the, been the show. The show. I'm going to end this thing because, <laughs> my God, we've been on here for, for 147
2: hours. We're we're an hour and 25 minutes. This is the longest show we've ever done, sort of, almost. Yes. And it was supposed to be short.
1: Okay, so Holti says, Would it be nice if you guys could give us some direct links for Facebook and Twitter and stuff? Um. All right. Well, if you go to the actual TopSpeed.com podcast webpage on TopSpeed.com, uh, I put a lot of that stuff in, in there, uh, like the iTunes links and stuff are there. Um, a lot of the posts, if you see like the at Top Speed Podcast and it's blue for Twitter, you can like, click on that and that'll take you to the actual Twitter site, stuff like that. But I will make sure on this exact episode on both the YouTube and on the actual post that goes live on the website that I will have links for all three of our direct Twitter accounts, the Top Speed face- Facebook account, the Top Speed Podcast Twitter account, and anything else I think I should add. They're not going to go to your Instagram because they can find that on your Twitter because that's all your Twitter is. (laughs) I don't post everything to Twitter. I sure hope
2: not. (laughs) Anyways, show's over. Thank Uh, you, guys. Oh,
1: and Halti said auto-tune, dude. Yeah, I know I can't sing. That's why I play play the guitar. The end. (laughs) Um, Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Topspeed.com podcast. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us. A big thank you to Holti and Finn. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. We will see everybody next Thursday. As always, please have a safe and wonderful weekend. Please have an awesome Friday, and we will see every one of you next week. (laughs) Goodbye, world.